Hi, I'm Kendra, and this is Stepping Off Now, a podcast for creative people who think outside of the outside of the box. If you're feeling stuck or burned out, confused about where you're headed, and like you don't know how to reach your full potential, this is your podcast. It's not the conventional life advice. I discuss topics like harnessing the intuitive creative process, using anti-productivity to enrich your life, and sorting through all the external pressures and expectations to figure out what you really want. My perspective is informed by my own experiences with burnout and recovery, and my struggles as a creative misfit, as well as my background in social science research. Whether you're struggling to find inspiration and direction, or are just feeling unfulfilled from day to day, my wish is that you'll find hope here. You can find more about me on my website, KendraPatterson.com, or visit the podcast website, SteppingOffNow.com, for show notes. I'm also on Twitter, handle at PattersKendra, and Instagram, username SteppingOffNow. So if you're ready for something different for yourself, and you're open to seeing things in a new way, come along with me. Let's do this. everyone. Welcome to the Stepping Off Now podcast. I'm your host, Kendra. I want to start off by thanking my new Patreon subscribers, Stacy. Thank you so much for upgrading to my extra content tier. I just recently launched this extra content tier for this podcast. It's called the reverse side of the tapestry, and I'm going to be creating some really cool content for it. So you can check it out if you're interested using the links in the show notes. I also want to thank those of you who reached out to me after my episode last week where I talked about my lifelong struggles with mental health issues and about of the depression flu that I've been going through recently. When I made that episode, I was sort of at the tail end of that bout and still feeling kind of down and your messages of support really meant the world to me. I'm so appreciative of my listeners. You guys feel like a community to me. And it is genuinely just one of the gifts of doing this work that I'm doing. So thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. And thank you for caring. Today, I'm actually going to be doing the topic I had planned for last week, but just wasn't ready to delve into it. And I'm so glad that I followed my intuition and talked about what I just really wanted to talk about for that episode last week, because it gave me the space I needed to really contemplate today's topic and understand what I wanted to say about it. Today, I'm going to be talking about motivation, in particular, what is behind my motivation for doing this work that I'm doing, for wanting to develop this work into a viable business. And I'm going to be talking about the struggle that I've been having now that I'm actually in business mode, seeking monetization, and how clarifying my motivation over the last week in response to these struggles that I've been having with my old nemesis depression has helped me figure out a way forward along this rocky road of creative entrepreneurship. I'm going to start by reading an essay that I wrote some months ago now. I published this on June 11, 2021 on my blog, which is on KendraPatterson.com. 
And I write a blog post a week on that site. And one of the main reasons I do that is because I'm the type of writer who, well, I'm a discovery writer. And I process things and figure out what I think about things and come up with new ideas while I'm actually writing. And so having this habit of doing a blog post a week is really kind of the driving force behind this whole project of my creative business. I guess you could see it a bit as the motor. And this blog post is a good example of that because I wrote it in response to this feeling I had after listening to a podcast episode where I just didn't totally like what the people were saying in that podcast episode. There was something about it that I just felt needed a response from me, not a response to them, but a response, I guess, to myself. And that feeling of dissatisfaction I had while listening to that particular podcast episode. And I think that's really often what my work is. It's a conversation I'm having with myself that I then share with you. Okay, so this essay is called Do you seek success, mastery, enjoyment, or impact? I was listening to an episode of Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast, and for the first time ever, I had, mm, shall I call it a quibble with the great Brene. I want to be clear that I'm an admirer of hers, because she does good work, and I'm honestly in awe of her public speaking skills. But this particular episode got me thinking. She and her guest were discussing the difference between two goals of work, success and mastery. And on the surface of it, I totally agreed with their assessment. They said that success is an outward evaluation of the value of your work. It's the rewards you receive when people like what you do. And these are fleeting, often ultimately a letdown, and can serve as a distraction from continuing to do your work. Because success isn't a continuous state. Rather, it comprises moments that are soon over and that are matched by inevitable failures along the way. Mastery is a motivator that can keep you on track through the vagaries of the success-failure binary. It's an intrinsic goal, based on your own evaluation of the value of your work and your capacity for improvement and excellence. And all that sounds good, right? Except I don't see myself in either of those choices. I'm certainly not a success seeker, as should be obvious from anyone who has read anything on this blog. But I'm not that interested in mastery, either. I see that question my sister, who is a competitive cyclist. But as a writer, what would mastery even look like? I'm sure there are numerous legitimate answers to that question, but I've just never connected with the idea of developing mastery. Sure, I want to improve my writing, but that's not why I do it. Are there other choices here? Brene wasn't saying that success and mastery are it, but in this particular conversation, they were presented in that either-or framework. I think she would agree, as an intellectually curious person, that there are other options that deserve to be included. So I thought about my own goals. The first I came up with is enjoyment. My main goal in everything I do is to enjoy myself, because I spent so many years of my life not. I don't mean enjoyment here in the sense of fun, although I think fun matters too. What I mean is that feeling of fulfillment in work, that combination of excitement and absorption you get when you're doing something that feels deeply meaningful. Enjoyment, however, is about more than just personal fulfillment. It's tied to the quality of your work. When you enjoy the process of doing your work, 
It adds something ineffable to it. People can sense your work is personal and authentic. The honest truth is, I was never cut out for mastery in academics or any other field. My specialty is that personal, authentic message. And that leads me to my final addition to the work goals list, impact. Much like success is the outward manifestation of mastery, impact is the outward expression of enjoyment. When you seek meaning through work, the natural extension is a desire for it to be meaningful to others, just as the natural extension of mastery is to want that to be recognized by others. But impact, unlike success, is lasting. While success is a benefit conferred on you, impact is a benefit you offer to others. And there's another important difference between them. While success, by its very nature, is something you are generally aware of in your own life, you often don't know the extent of your impact on others. When I write a blog post or put out a podcast episode, I mostly don't know its impact. Something I write or say could change someone's life. I don't know, and likely never will in most cases. Impact is by nature humble. You can want all of these things, of course, success, mastery, impact, enjoyment, and I'm sure there are others, but most people have one that takes precedent. Understanding which can help you learn what motivates and drives you, and it can help you find balance. While there's nothing wrong with desiring success, you can balance its emotional ups and downs with mastery, and while wanting to make a difference in people's lives is great, You won't be able to do that unless you first learn how to find meaning and enjoyment in your own process. I feel like that was kind of a short and sweet essay. So on the face of it, this essay seems to be about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic goals or or measurements of value, right? So one of the major problems with putting work out into the world, really any kind of work, but I think this is particularly challenging for people putting creative work out there, it's really easy to be caught up in that part of it, the, the response that you get to your work, be it ratings and reviews or money that you're getting paid, whatever that external reward is. Because we live in a culture that is oriented towards external rewards. We're all socialized into believing that those are the rewards that matter. But that's just something that's been put into our heads. It's it's a constructed value. There's no reason why external rewards should be seen as more valuable than internal rewards. In fact, we could even see them as less valuable or even not put value in them at all, although it's very difficult to get to that place. And I think I've spoken before about how, as much as I talk about how the external rewards can't matter, they're always going to matter a little bit. We have to be honest about that. And there's nothing wrong with that. My suggestion in this essay is finding a balance. But as I've traveled this road of creative entrepreneurship and attempting to figure out how to generate revenue from the work that I'm putting out into the world, I've gotten stuck in this whirlpool almost of extrinsic measurements of value. Because it seems like in business, those are the measurements that you have to use. I mean, the obvious one is the revenue 
part of things itself. What is the bottom line? What is your money goal? How much money do you want to make? I was listening to this audiobook called We Should All Be Millionaires. And the woman who wrote it, she's speaking specifically to people who are underrepresented in terms of wealth, in terms of positions of leadership and power. So women of color, women in general, trans people, etc. And she's saying that a lot of what holds us back is that we don't believe that we're capable of being millionaires. But we are, we absolutely are, we could all be millionaires, we need to start thinking like millionaires. And I was listening to this audiobook. And on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, you say it like, this is a kind of voice that needs to be heard. It needs to be heard in spaces where so often underrepresented minorities aren't heard and aren't given those chances and aren't socialized to believe that they're capable of those things. I think this is the kind of voice that needs to be heard right now. And I believe that. But I couldn't personally get on board with that message. Because as much as I admire what she was saying, and as much as I'm impressed by her own personal journey, she is indeed a millionaire, and she built that herself. And I'll link to this book in the show notes. Because like I said, I, I do think this is a valuable book. And it very well might possibly resonate with uh, many of my listeners. But I don't think it's any coincidence that listening to that audiobook and also reading various things that are similar about business and how you need to set a goal and how you need to have your eye on the money and all of this stuff. I don't think it's a coincidence that I fell into a bout of the depression flu around that time. You know, I, I think depression is caused by a lot of things. But I had an inkling that mine at least had something to do with trying to turn my work into a business. And the reason it was so devastating that that happened to me is because it made me feel like I was inevitably going to fail at business because I'm not going to do it if it makes me feel depressed. I've said from the very beginning of this endeavor that I'm only going to do stuff that makes me feel good. I don't mean that I'm just totally going to reject doing stuff I hate and turn up my nose at it, but I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to make things that aren't inherently enjoyable for me enjoyable. So I'm going to find ways to do them that's enjoyable, or I'm going to put them aside and tackle them later when perhaps I'm in a better headspace to do them. There's all kinds of techniques you can use to get done those inevitable things you have to do that you don't want to do. But Ultimately, if the whole endeavor of doing business is antithetical to my joy, it's antithetical to creativity as I see creativity as a way of being in this world, I can't do business. And that's it. So I was really struggling with this kind of existential question. Am I just not going to be able to do business at all? Because everything out there about business requires me to do things in a way that is draining, exhausting, depressing, leads me to a place of despair. As I put it in a recent Instagram post that I made, creativity, which is my lifeblood, it's it's how I want to live my life for the rest of my life, because it's the only thing that makes me feel like my life has meaning and is worth living. Creativity is a soft, inward-looking, malleable force 
And business is like the opposite of that. It's it's an outward looking hard force that requires vision and will. It's a very conceptual endeavor, right? So all business advice is that you need to have a goal, a fairly clear goal, and then backtrack and create steps that will help you reach those goals. And that's great if you're a conceptual person, but I'm an experimental person. I work from these little pieces and then I look at that and I put the next piece on and I kind of assess things and maybe I go in this direction, maybe I go in that direction, maybe I do both directions. And maybe both don't work out, but they were still both valuable because of the experience of them and the growth that they led to and the meaning that they had for me. When you do business that way, what it looks like is failure. You tried this direction, no money came. You tried that direction, still no money. (laughs) And that was the mindset that I was falling into, that all of these things that honestly bring me joy were failures, like my new extra content Patreon. It's really not that successful (laughs) if you measure it from how many people have signed up. But from the perspective of, am I excited about this? Am I having fun? You know, I, I worked really hard to record this awkward video explaining it. It was my first time ever doing a video. And I mean, it was really hard, but it was also really fun. And I'm so proud of that video and the episode that I've already created to put on the extra content tier. Like, all of that brought me joy. How is that not successful? But from the business perspective, it's not. Now it's early days, of course. And who knows, in a year from now, it might be a raging success. And I might be able to support myself entirely through this Patreon tier. I doubt it, but who knows. So there is room in business for trying something and having it be sort of a slow build. It doesn't always have to be an overnight success. But it does have to be a success from that external measurement of, is it making money or not? And this is where I realized that giving some thought to what motivates me is the answer to this dilemma that I was facing of feeling like the way I want to live my life and experience being in this world is antithetical to the way business requires me to do things in order to succeed. So, What are my motivations? As I spoke about in the essay, my primary motivation is I want to feel good. I want to feel good about my life. I want to feel good day to day. And if possible, I want to feel good moment to moment as much as I can. And finally, finally, in the middle part of my life, I have found the key to that. Who knows what the future holds? I don't know if this will always be the key, but it is right now. And the last year or so of my life, has been the happiest that I've ever experienced. And it's because I committed to only doing things that made me feel good. And through that, I've been able to feel fulfilled creatively. I feel enormously good about my work, proud of it, even the work that, you know, I know it's not all great, but it doesn't matter because I feel good doing it. I'm putting it out in the world. I'm expressing myself. And I do feel I'm tapping into my potential. That is the dream for me. That's the holy grail. And it is so scary to think that that's not going to be enough, that I'm not going to be allowed to continue to feel that way about my life and myself because I have to betray that commitment I made to feeling joy and doing what brings me joy 
in order to be successful as a business person. But what I realized was that I have a choice to make and that my motivation tells me everything I need to know about making that choice. I can choose to continue to be true to myself, to be happy and fulfilled, or I can choose to throw myself into the whirlpool and get stuck there by adopting values that are not my own and doing things the way I'm, quote, supposed to do them, but are not suited to me. To me, the choice is clear here, what I need to do. But what about making money? I can hear you saying, we all have to do it somehow. And while my life is not expensive, I don't have a lot of the familial responsibilities that many of you deal with. I still have to make money in order to to live. Well, what I've decided going forward, and I don't know, guys, if this is going to be viable, if it is going to lead to being able to support myself through my creative business, if I'm going to succeed or fail in that part of it, I don't know. It's a huge risk, but I decided that going forward, I'm going to have to figure out a way to fit business into a creative model, not the other way around. Pretty much all the business advice out there is telling you how to fit your creativity into a business model. That is not going to work for me. That is going to lead to misery for me. If you're able to do that and feel fulfilled and feel happy, that's awesome. Good for you. You are lucky. But it's not going to work for me. I'm going to have to fit business into a creative model. And that is going to remake entirely what business looks like. A business model, conventional business model, is based on this idea of growth, steady, sustainable revenue generation. Fitting business into a creative model probably isn't going to look like that. Probably it's going to look like a lot of ups and downs. It's going to look like a level of insecurity that from a conventional business perspective, again, looks like failure. Many of the ways that I'm going to be doing business moving forward are going to look like failures from a conventional business perspective and would be failures in a conventional business sense. And my challenge is to not fall into that perspective and to remain strong in my belief that there is a way to be a creative entrepreneur within a creative paradigm. Like I said, will I succeed? Will I fail? I don't know. I mean, I still have a goal of generating revenue, of supporting myself eventually, but a huge part of my success can be measured or will be able to be measured by me keeping true to my essential motivation of wanting to feel good about my life and about myself and about my creative work. And let's not forget the impact part of this, because whether or not I have conventional success in the revenue generation sense is completely unlinked to whether or not I have an impact on people with my work. And I know I have an impact, you know, because I get a lot of emails from people telling me so. And I appreciate every single one of them. Thank you to those of you who have contacted me with your thoughts, with with your thank yous, to the guy who contacted me about a spelling mistake on my website that wasn't actually a spelling mistake. I'm not talking about you. But the rest of you, thank you. You give me an idea of my impact in the world. And like I said in the essay, that's not something I'm 
going to really know most of the time. Just like I read tons of stuff online every day, and some of it really makes a difference to me, and I very rarely reach out to people to tell them that. And that's that's okay. That's normal. If you haven't emailed me, that's totally fine. <laughs> you never have to email me or follow me on social media or anything like that. That's That's not an obligation at all. But these are ineffable things I'm talking about. How do you measure impact? You can't. You can't really measure impact, and you're not supposed to. That is another thing that doesn't fit into the standard conventional business model, where you need to quantify things in order to understand how they're contributing to the what? The bottom line. That's just never going to be me. And I think what will see me through everything, regardless of whether or not I, quote, succeed or fail in any conventional sense, is the commitment that I've made to myself and to my creativity to always prioritize that enjoyment, that joy. That's what saw me through the latest bout with depression flu that I had, which will definitely not be the last I ever experience. Knowing that my creative process, my creative work was there for me. And even as, you know, I struggled with feelings of loss of inspiration and It wasn't as enjoyable as usual to do my creative work because of my depression flu. Those things were still there. And I knew that at the end of this, it would all come back full force. It would be there for me because I had invested in it myself. It would return that favor. And it did. And here I am, you know, a week or so later, and I'm back in business, so to speak. And it feels good. And I feel proud that I got through that just on the force of my belief in myself and in my capacities as a creative and in the values that I have developed towards living creatively, being in this world as a creative. It's something that I think is the core of my work, is exploring what that means, expressing it, and learning how to live life in a conventional world, which is often so unfriendly to these these values of living a creative life and what that looks like in a practical, everyday sense of trying to earn a living. And that's what I will be continuing to learn about, to share with you guys, to contemplate And my ideas will evolve. They may even change substantially as I go along. But I'm going to put it all out there. Because ultimately, I don't know what else to do. (laughs) I don't know what else to do other than to just keep trying to be more of myself and share that with the world. This has kind of turned into a bit of a manifesto. (laughs) I want to thank you as always for spending this time with me. Please recommend my podcast to anyone you think might be interested in it, might get something out of it, or need to hear what I have to say. I'll see you next week. Bye.